What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another episode of This Week in Sports. I'm your host, as always, The Pody. It is Friday, March 25th, 2022. I'm all prepared, ready to start this episode. I don't have a lot of time. It's almost 7 p.m., which means the second day of Sweet 16 games, a.k.a. Cinderella story, St. Peter's, the Peacocks are playing at 7.09, and I'm trying to get this done to watch this, and my dad is texting me about the women's bracket, my brother is texting me about a TV he's buying, then my other brother is chiming, like, what is going on? This is all happening right as I'm trying to do this episode, and it's really freaking pissing me off because what I wanted to do also was stream this St. Peter's game, at least the beginning of it, because I know I'm not going to have this done um, in time. So want to get some house cleaning stuff out of the way before we jump in. This is crazy. Um, j- got home from softball, just ate pizza, trying to run through this. This is Friday evening. Got to wake up early because we've got a trip to New York to play some softball games I- tomorrow I- in the rain. So th- my brain's all over the place. But some of the house cleaning that I wanted to get to, I apologize for last week. I did not have an episode last week um, because March Madness started on Thursday. I was 100% locked in, filled out my brackets, yada, yada, yada. I'm watching that over the podcast. I'm sorry. It was just, it's the first weekend of March Madness. I'm not first time with fans again in two years. I I didn't want to miss that and do you guys a disservice by having a crappy episode. The flip side of that, I was on a podcast on Thursday. I was on the Glorious House of Gains podcast. And if you want to listen to that, uh, Robert Frank 615, that's his podcast that I used to produce. I, it was me, my brother and Rob on that episode. And there's a, you know, uh, I spoke on that for, for some, for quite some time. I wasn't just a, a, an afterthought. Um, but if you want to listen to that episode, you will have to go over to Rob's Patreon. So it's probably, I think it's like patreon.com forward slash Robert Frank 615, something like that. You could pay, I think it's like $2 for the month and then you could cancel it if you want to go back and listen to my um, part of the show. So it's episode 200 and like part three. He's bringing back all his old co-hosts, guests that he's had, and he's taking episode 200 for the milestone and he's breaking it down into different like subsections or parts. So to episode 200, part three, maybe it was mine. I haven't even listened to it myself, but I thought it was well done. We got it banged out in a pr- pretty pretty quick amount of time, like an hour and a half or so. It really wasn't bad. Uh, got out of there by 11. So did do an episode last week, just not on my own podcast. So there's that. Without further ado, as the clock is ticking, ticking, ticking towards that seven o'clock mark, let's go. All right. Here we go. Where are we at? Um... March Madness, of course. I've I've said that those two words a few times to start off this show in the first four minutes or so. Well, it graced us with its presence back on Thursday of last week, and it was a fantastic week of upsets, as well as some blue bloods rising to the occasion. By the weekend's end, obviously the Sweet 16 was set and most of our brackets were busted. Mine included, I did about six or so, I did six alone on ESPN. 
Um, then I did, uh, I was in, those were just for fun. One of those was a legit one in a pool. Uh, buddy from work got me in one there with like 30 something people, almost 40 people. That one busted uh, last night. Then I was, uh, I, I always host one, got a low turnout, only 11 brackets this year. I'm actually in line to win that. I need Kansas to win tonight. Um, and then I had Gonzaga. I had, I had mostly Arizona winning this thing. And uh, of course, they lost last night. We will get to that. But here we go. Number one Baylor was the first number one seed to go down. Of course, those the, the Baylor Bears are your reigning national champions. They were taken down by the eight seed North Carolina Tar Heels and in a stunner, an absolute stunner for the ages. Number two, Kentucky, another team I had in my final four in my championship. I, I was really liking Kentucky. Um, they lost to the 15th seeded St. Peter's Peacocks in the first round. Oh, my God. That's right, baby. The St. Peter's Peacocks of Jersey City. After Rutgers got knocked out in the first four game in double overtime, I'm riding high on the Peacock train. And they're playing tonight in about five minutes or 10 minutes, and they're playing on National Peacock Day. The stars are aligning for the first 15 seed ever to make it into the Elite Eight. I think it's going to happen. The money line was juicy at plus 640, and if I didn't live in Jersey, I would have bet it. My brother had uh, someone from work in PA was able to bet uh, the game for him. Um, the spread, he got it, I think it's like, what did he say? Like 13 and a half, just ridiculous spread. I think there is a very good possibility as another former Jersey team and Rutgers took down Purdue earlier this year. I think why not? Why can't St. Peter's get it done? Doug Eddert and, and that glorious mustache, uh, the stash got himself an NIL deal with Buffalo Wild Wings. So there you go. Uh, Shaheen Holloway is a hot commodity, probably going to leave to uh, Seton Hall. They have a vacancy there um, after Kevin Willard just left to Maryland. But I'm rambling. Um, so, yeah, St. Peter's knocked off number two, Kentucky. They were not done there, though. They went on and knocked off the seven seeded Saint uh, Saint, the seventh seeded Murray State in a game in which number 15, St. Peter's led wire to wire. And like I said, Doug Eddert has become the hero of March Madness and inked himself that beautiful NIL deal with Buffalo Wild Wings. And funny thing, both of these upsets occurred in the East region with Baylor going down as the one seed and then the number two seed going down as well. Um, so let's just recap how these regions took uh, shaped up and, and where we stand now. In the South region, number five, Houston knocked off number four, Illinois. I always fall for this Illinois. I love their point guard play, but really when it comes down to it, they just, they're erratic um, and and they just, can, they can never get it done. Um, and Coburn is always great. He was the only player in college basketball this year to average 20 and 10. Okay. And, um, so it's just, it's, it's hard to believe that, um, that, that Illinois lost that game, to be honest, but here, here the shocker here was, um, was Curbelo, uh, you know, Andre Curbelo did not play in the second half of that game. And, and Illinois, they they fought back, but they end up losing by 15. They got it within a reasonable amount, but then they just got 
absolutely blown out there by Houston. Houston is another one of those teams, man. They knock off Illinois. Houston came into the season. Last year, they played Rutgers in the round of 32. It was a very tough, close game. Rutgers should have won it. Um, and Houston pulled away. They went to the Final Four and lost to eventual champion Baylor, right? This year, they come in with a totally new starting five. Brand new starting five. What they do win 30 games and they're back into the Elite Eight because not only did they knock off Illinois to, to uh, punch their ticket to the Sweet 16, they also won last night. We'll get to that a little bit more, but also uh, number 11, Michigan, another upset here. Michigan knocking off number three, Tennessee in the South region. Michigan, just one of those teams. I I hate them. I hate them. I hate them, but they continue to win, win, win. Um, so yeah, so that was in the South region. And then finally in the Midwest, we saw Iowa State, the team nobody is talking about, the number 11 seed, they knocked off three-seeded Wisconsin, who realistically, let's be fair, uh, they were preseason uh, projected to finish like, like towards the bottom of the Big Ten. They had this great run. They celebrated when they were co-champs of the Big Ten, and then they got, you know, they got knocked out and, and they lost to Iowa in, in, in the Big Ten championship game. But... They get knocked out by Iowa State. And then 10th seeded Miami pulled the huge upset of number two Auburn. I know a lot of people were on this Auburn bandwagon. They had the, the self-imposed sanctions a year ago. They were not in the tournament. They're back in the tournament this year, led by their head coach, Bruce Pearl, um, who's always, you know, under the gun and facing, you know, some allegations there, especially when he was at Tennessee. Uh, they get knocked off by Miami. So we will have... Iowa State, the 11 seed, taking on the 10th seeded Miami tonight. And Iowa State might be the most impressive of the Sweet 16 teams. Yes, the Cinderella story of the St. Peter's Peacocks is great and all, but nobody, and I mean nobody, is talking about Iowa State and what they have accomplished this season. It is nothing short of an absolute miracle. I, I don't understand why nobody's talking about it, but listen, ladies and gentlemen, Iowa State a season ago was two and 22. Two and 22 without a single conference win in the Big 12. Fast forward to this year, boom, they get in as an 11 seed. Not only do they get in, they are in the Sweet 16 playing a 10 seed right now tonight for a chance to get to the Elite Eight. We will see a double-digit seed by the time the night is over in the Elite Eight. What more can you ask for? Just unbelievable. There were a couple close calls in the Sweet 16, especially for Arizona. They needed overtime to survive TCU. Gonzaga, it was the same thing for them. They needed overtime. No. Gonzaga needed a second half comeback. I'm sorry. Um, Arizona needed overtime to survive TCU. They they never should have had a chance in that game. Uh, that one came down to the wire. That was a very, very close call um, there. and and. <laughs> they lucked out in that overtime period. They kind of ran away with it, but they survived TCU there to move on to the Sweet 16. 
Um, I'll get into last night's games in a bit, but first I want to get through some other stuff. Uh, Namely, let's flip it over and talk a little NFL. Deshaun Watson, the Browns officially announced their trade of Deshaun Watson on Sunday. They released a lengthy statement about their evaluation process in addition to trade details. Now, listen, I'm going to explain this very bluntly for those of you listening at home. Watson has no criminal charges pending. They, the DA's office or prosecution, there were two grand jury indictments. Now that's when they go, you know, it's the state basically going in front of a jury, a grand jury with a judge or whatever, and they present the case and they, the jury de- determines, this grand jury determines whether or not this can go to trial. Or, or, or they're willing to allow this to go to trial. And they did this twice with two different grand juries, and they both times said, no, there's not enough to go to, to go to trial. So there are no criminal charges pending. The Browns did a little bit of homework here. However, a lawyer, of course, we've heard of the guy, Rusty Harden, he has 22 female clients that allege sexual misconduct, and Watson is facing civil suits from all 22 of them. So this is not a small deal. Um, I'm sure they'll settle and they'll figure something out here. But no matter what happens, Deshaun Watson is going to be suspended. So here's the thing. The Browns decided 2018 number one overall pick Baker Mayfield is not cutting it for us. We want bigger and better. We're going to put winning ahead of everything now. So they go out, trade for Deshaun Watson, and he's going to be their starting quarterback this upcoming season, depending on how many games he gets suspended. Is it going to be eight games? Is it going to be six? Is it going to be four? I'm guessing it's going to be in the neighborhood of six to four. Okay, maybe he gets six. Maybe he appeals it down to four. We've seen that happen before. Um, I mean, we saw Ray Rice. There was video evidence of Ray Rice punching his fiance at the time, now wife, in the face, knocking her out cold in an Atlantic City Um, casino and then dragging her, you know, her unconscious body into the elevator. And he got two games or yeah, I think two games before there was an up before the video was leaked on TMZ and then Ray Rice was suspended and he's never been allowed in the NFL again. So we'll see what the NFL does. um, But I expect it to be anywhere from four to eight games. And for once, the Browns are putting winning ahead of their image. And for a franchise that does nothing but lose, I think the fans are okay with this. I don't know if women are going to be okay with this. I don't know if it's going to eventually hurt their overall ticket sales or people are going to boycott. But if they start winning games with Deshaun Watson as their quarterback, nobody is going to care about this. The only way that this hurts them is if Deshaun Watson comes here and this behavior happens again, in which case then he's a serial offender and he's got a sick... Uh, serious problem that needs, you know, that needs some, some attention there. But um, at the end of the day, yeah, they decided that they're, they're putting winning ahead of everything. And I'm okay. I'm not a Browns fan, but I know Browns fans are okay with this. We'll just have to wait and see how it plays out. All right. Sunday, not only was the men's tournament on, but we had some women's college hoops action going on. And I want to tell you about one game in particular. It's the only game I've watched at the women's tournament so far because I was at my grandma's Sunday helping, you know, get her new place furnished. And, and you know, basically I was the foreman just supervising but and watching college basketball. But anyway, if you haven't watched any of the women's tournament, I'm not going to blame you. The 
uh, viewership is up like 44% or something. I saw that earlier today or yesterday, um, but I happen to turn it on. Creighton at Iowa, because in the women's tournament, they play at the home seed, home teams or uh, top seeded teams, home court. So in this case, Iowa was the two seed, Creighton the 10 seed. So they were playing in Iowa and the crowd was electric, all these Iowa fans there and everything. And the game was close coming down to the wire. And a girl by the name of Lauren Jensen, if you haven't heard of Lauren Jensen, I'm about to school you on, on who she is. I'm going to educate you. Okay. Lauren Jensen, it looked, it looked like it was, it was going Iowa's way. They were going to pull this one out until Lauren Jensen with about 20 seconds left drained a three to give Creighton the one point lead. There was a timeout called. Iowa had a good inbounds play. They got it to their big down low. She backed down for a turn, a little hook shot, and she she was short. Creighton got the rebound. They got fouled. They end up winning the game. Let me tell you something about Lauren Jensen. Not only did she win them the game and have a game-high 19 points, okay? Lauren Jensen, ladies and gentlemen, played for Iowa last season. And she transferred out because she only scored 23 points for the season. She obviously didn't get a whole lot of playing time or injuries or whatever, but she said, see ya, Iowa. She went to Creighton, faced off against them in the biggest or on the biggest stage in the NCAA tournament, and she ended their season. What better way to get your revenge? Oh, Revenge never tasted so good for Lauren Jensen. Good for her. I'm rooting for Creighton moving forward. In other college basketball news, I hinted at it earlier. Maryland has hired Seton Hall's own Kevin Willard. Willard spent 12 seasons at Seton Hall and before that was at the helm at Iona. He really um, brought... Seton Hall back into the forefront, got them a bunch of national, you know, uh, top 25 rankings throughout the years. Took him about five years, I think it was, to finally make an NCAA tournament. But then he went on a, a string of, of runs where, where they did win, end up winning the Big East a couple of years ago. Um, Miles Powell was one of his better players there. So, so he's had some good players over the years and he had success at Iona before that. He is now tasked with rebuilding a Maryland team that went 15 and 17 and just seven and 13 in the Big Ten. Obviously, he's got a great recruiting base to go on the DM, the DM, what is it? The DMV. I, yeah, the, 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 uh, yeah, I think they call it the DMV, right? The Maryland, Virginia, um, DC area. I think they call that the DMV, right? So he'll have to start building his recruiting base from there and, and branch out. Um, and, and the rumor has it that Shaheen Holloway, who played at Seton Hall himself, is going to be the next uh, Seton Hall basketball coach whenever they lose. If they lose tonight, the Peacocks, um, then I expect tomorrow Shaheen Holloway to be named the Seton Hall head coach. If not tomorrow, then the next couple of days. Okay, real quick, back to some more NFL quarterback news. The Falcons traded Matt Ryan to the Colts for a third-round pick. Things got a little um, contentious, if you will, after the Falcons were rumored to be going after Deshaun Watson very heavily. Um, so they trade Matt Ryan to the Colts for a third-round pick. Ryan leaves the Atlanta Falcons as the most accomplished quarterback in franchise history. 
Excuse me, I just needed a sip of Gatorade there. Um, Atlanta has actually signed Marcus Mariota. Uh, they signed him on Monday. The jury's still out, though. I'm sure they want another quarterback just to be safe. Of course, now Baker Mayfield is one of those guys. He's out there. Do the Falcons go after him? I don't know. But the Saints also were in on the Deshaun uh, Watson um, bidding if you bidding war, if you will. They did not secure him. So what did they do? Resign Jameis Winston to a two-year, $28 million deal with $21 million in guaranteed money. That's a new thing, just all this guaranteed money. And let me go back really quickly to Matt Ryan. He will be the seventh or eighth now uh, different starting quarterback in week one for the Colts. It's just unbelievable. It went Andrew Luck, then somebody else, then Andrew Luck. He was the only repeat, but it was different years. And then it was straight up different quarterbacks between Carson Wentz and Phillip Rivers. And and, and now um, it'll be Matt Ryan. And I think he's still got a little bit left in him. And I think the Colts are now a playoff team with Matt Ryan. Like I said, where will Baker Mayfield fall? He's the only quarterback left now, and there's some teams out there. Like I said, the Falcons maybe. Um, you've got the Seahawks for sure. I, I would be surprised if he doesn't la land himself in Seattle there with Pete Carroll, but it's interesting because DK Metcalf, he's trying to finagle maybe his way out of there. So, so we'll see what happens. We'll, we'll definitely see what happens there. The Texans are also another team, right? They have Davis Mills. Um, are we sold on him? Are we not? Who knows? So so we'll we'll see where, where Baker Mayfield lands, but I'm sure he'll land somewhere as a starter. All right, some other quick NFL news. The Bucs re-signed Leonard Fournette to a three-year, $21 million deal. He was rumored to be in talks with the Patriots as of yesterday. So, so he's re-signing with the Bucs. And then Jamison Crowder, uh, former Jet, this hurts me and pains me. Just signed a one-year deal with the Bills. I just don't know what the Jets are doing. They don't have a number one wide receiver. They do, they need another safety. Do they take both of those things and with their four and ten picks? I don't know. Um, and then, of course, you had the Tyreek Hill news yesterday, which was just devastating. Uh, we might as well talk about that now. There was some... Um, basically, a Woj bomb was dropped by Adam Schefter yesterday. In the middle of the day... No, two days ago, the Kansas City Chiefs, all of a sudden, Adam Schefter tweeted on Wednesday that the New York Jets and Miami Dolphins were trying to trade for all-pro wide receiver Tyreek Hill. They were the two teams that were in discussions. Tyreek Hill wanted out. He wanted an extension, yada, yada, yada. So what did the Chiefs do? Like an hour later, they traded away Tyreek Hill to Miami not my New York Jets. That was a that was a hard pill to swallow for five draft picks. Among them, one first rounder and one second rounder. Oh my God! Yeah, Hill then signed a four year, hundred and twenty million dollar deal with seventy two point two million dollar million dollars in guaranteed money with the Dolphins. Here's the deal: He's from Miami. He's quoted. I'll play the quote in a second as saying uh, it was all about Miami and nobody else. But he saw the money Devontae Adams got. He wanted more, and he got more. Um, the Jets' offer was better than the Dolphins' offer. The Jets did not offer a first-round pick, but when you add up all the picks, it actually um, comes down to, to, comes out to be a little bit better 
uh, of a package deal that the Jets were willing to offer, and they were willing to pay Tyreek Hill all this money as well. But here's the quote um, that that Tyreek Hill Hill said yesterday in a press conference after he got to Miami. They had asked him if there was any, if he ever considered the Jets offer. Apparently, the Kansas City Chiefs took both offers. They went to Tyreek Hill, said, here's both offers. Which one do you want? And he chose Miami. They let him actually choose. So here, here it was. How, clo- how close were you to, to pick up the Jets? Yeah. How close was I? Who? The Jets? Oh, nah, man. Look, man, it's, it's a lot. Of, I, I'm, I don't even want to get into all that. I knew I was going to pick Miami no matter what, man. There you have it. He trolled the Jets by saying who, and then he kind of joked it off, which whatever, I don't have too much of a problem with that part. But what bothers me is the fact that he used the Jets to drive up the price. And, and what bothers me is the Kansas City Chiefs like are are trading this guy away and it's like you're letting him choose. Well, I don't understand that. Why are you letting him choose? Why are you letting him go to a Miami team that now is exponentially better? If you trade him to the Jets, the Jets are a shit show. He'll probably uh, tear his Achilles when, when he, if he were to join the Jets. So they use that to drive up the price. It's Drew Rosenhaus. I don't expect anything less. He's a sleaze ball, and, and Miami could have him for all I care. We'll draft somebody that's a lot younger and hopefully a lot better, which, of course, I know. Who am I kidding? That's never going to happen. But anyway, uh, Tyreek Hill now joins Devontae Adams, Khalil Mack, and Russell Wilson in big-time superstars that have either been tra- that no that that have all been traded in this offseason so and, and of course Deshaun Watson Matt Ryan uh Carson Wentz we've had a busy it's been a busy busy offseason so um yeah there's that all right next up Phil Mickelson will not be playing in the Masters this is a bit sad to take in while most have forgotten about his comments on the Saudi uh, golf league, the golf world, and the sport itself has not. The three-time Masters champ will miss the event for the first time since 1994. So basically my whole life, I, uh, he's played in the Masters throughout ba- pretty much all of my life but two years. Just unbelievable. Okay, let's talk about world number one tennis player, Ash Barty, female tennis, we're talking. The number one ranked women's tennis player, number one, ranked number one for 114 consecutive years. Flashback to 2021, she won the Australian Open and she won Wimbledon, okay? She decided at the ripe age of 25 that she's going to retire from the sport. In a video posted to her Instagram page, she said this was a decision long in the making. I don't know. She she said some blah, blah, blah about not having the drive or, or, or the passion, and she's going to try uh, her hand at other things that she loves, whatever. I don't even know what she said, but this is what bothers me with this generation of people. Um, it's not a women a woman thing. It's a guys do it too. It, it's, are you kidding me? What, it's too hard for you? You're the world number one. You're dominating the sport for 114 weeks. I think the fourth longest ever, okay? Behind like Steffi Graf and Serena Williams. Uh, like just ridiculous. And you're just gonna hang it up. And But guess what? This is what these the, the millennials do. They love, or Gen Z, whatever you wanna call it. No, she's a millennial. They love to 
They start something, they never finish it. Start something, oh, I'm gonna start something else. Then I wanna do something else and then I'll do something else. She's made $30 million in her career, which is, I mean, anybody could live off of that, but compared to a man, uh, a male tennis player, they're making hundreds of millions of dollars. So I, I read some, I, I heard too on the radio when she was 17, she retired from tennis also, or she quit tennis to try to become a cricket player. So she's a little cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs, but what can I say? She's retiring on top at least with $30 million. So I don't know what else she's going to do that's going to earn her $30 million. I just, the, the, the mindset of, of these younger these younger athletes like Naomi, Naomi Osaka too, right? Like, I just don't understand her either. You're, you're number one, you're making all this money, but the pressure and it's too much and it's too hard. Well, buy, buy somebody else that's work that, that will work 10 times harder than you and wants it more can rise to the top because the cream always rises to the top. That's all I have to say on that. Okay, we have a new Thursday night football crew. It's going to be Al Michaels and Kirk Herbstreet, baby. They are joining Amazon Prime Video to call Thursday night games. This was announced on Tuesday. It's a big get for Amazon, which will air 15 Thursday night games this season. That's 15 out of 17 weeks. Michaels leaves NBC Sunday night football booth, while Kirk Herbstreet will maintain his ESPN college football duties. So yeah, wow, that is huge, huge, huge. Uh, back to college basketball real quick. Murray State, they are bringing back Excuse me, Steve Prom. Um, so Steve Prom will replace Matt McMahon. McMahon just recently left for the LSU opening. Of course, they fired Will Wade, so that vacancy was open. So McMahon will head over there. Um, and Prom is now coming back to Murray State because he previously coached Murray State. Then McMahon was his assistant that replaced him. Now he's replacing his assistant, if you can follow all this. And he's coming back to Murray State. Of course, Prom was the coach of Iowa State uh, most recently. So, but anyway, in his first in as head coach, Prom went 104 and 29 before he went off to Iowa State, where he was head coach from 2015 to 2021, winning the Big 12 tournament twice and making three NCAA tournaments. But one bad COVID filled season, remember last year was still COVID where they went 2-22 and 22 with zero conference wins, got him canned. Unbelievable. And now Iowa State is playing for a chance to go to the Elite Eight. And basically, the coach at, at Iowa State right now is playing with house money. It's not the team he built. It's the team Prom built. So just, ooh, just tough, tough, tough. It's like Mark Jackson. He built the Warriors, and then in came Steve Kerr, and he just won three finals. Unreal. What them's the break sometimes. All right, back to the Sweet 16. Um, both Gonzaga and Arizona, boom, gone as of last night. Bye-bye. Gonzaga lost 74-68 to Arkansas, a team that is finding itself in the Elite Eight for the second straight year. Kudos to Eric Musselman doing, doing it again. This is the last time anyone, and I mean anyone should pick Gonzaga to win the national championship so long as they are playing in the West Coast Conference. I'm sorry, their biggest competition year in and year out is St. Mary's. 
It's a joke. And, and ooh, San Francisco, like, give me a break. Put them in a good conference like the Big 12 or the Pac-12. And 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 then then they're on fair, even ground. And let's see them compete with the best of the best night in and night out. But not once we get to the tournament and that's it. A joke. Arizona, they were they were the team that I was picking this year. There was just something special about Arizona. First year coach, one of Mark Few's former assistants. I was feeling, I was feeling Arizona a little bit. I was feeling them and I fell for it. And I knew this was going to be one of those years where a one seed probably doesn't win. And now I'm hanging my hat on Kansas, the lone remaining one seed. For all I know, they're going to lose to Providence because I'm very high on Providence. I picked Providence to go to my final four in one of my other brackets. And I'm just, I just pray that Kansas can get it done. But uh, Houston knocking them off. Houston, man, what an impressive resume. Like I said, five new starters this year. They were in the Final Four last year with a completely different team. They have now won three straight. Three straight. It's the, uh, yeah, back to back Elite Eights for the second straight year with three straight consecutive. So this tournament alone, three straight consecutive double digit wins. They smoked Arizona. This was never in doubt. Uh, 72 to 60. One thing I just want to take a couple minutes to 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 uh, hit on here is that shame on whoever scheduled Duke to play at 10 p.m. last night. I don't even think the game started at 10 p.m. It probably started after. But I, like most normal Americans on the East Coast, had to wake up early this morning for work. I was only able to watch the first half of Duke, Texas Tech last night. So when I went to bed, I wasn't sure if that was literally the last half of basketball that I would ever see Coach K coaching the Duke Blue Devils. And I was heated, thinking I was going to wake up and it would be the last time that I saw Mike Krzyzewski coaching for Duke. And I was going to be fuming and so, so angry. But that was not the case. Luckily, I woke up to a 78-73 Duke win. The Blue Devils made their final eight field goals of the game. Unbelievable. And for Coach K, it was special. His 100th tournament win. Of course, the most ever. I want to say that uh, Roy Williams is second with like 79 uh, something like that. But, you know, Duke was playing zone. They got into this timeout and their t- uh, the team, the players went to Coach K. They're like, no, we want to switch back to man. We could do it. We're going to go back to man. And then they dominated the rest of the way. And and they ended up beating the number one defensive team in the country. I think they they shot 62 percent in the second half alone. Um, ooh, Bancaro was was great. Um, he's really starting to come into his own, look like a top-tier NBA prospect. So, hey, Duke could get it done, man. This could be the year. Maybe Coach K goes out on top with with, with a national championship. We'll see. If somebody is going to stop them, it could just very well be Villanova on the opposite side of the bracket. They have been steady all year long, and they do something better than any team in the country, free throw shooting. It is a must late Down the stretch in these games, when you get into the bonus one-and-one situation, they are about to set an NCAA record for for free throw percentage in a season. They handled Michigan pretty steadily, 63-55. to They covered, I think it was four-and-a-half points, the spread there. Um, They pretty much led the whole way. 
Um, so yeah, very interesting, a very good win there. But one thing to keep an eye on, I will say Colin Gillespie had an awkward spill towards the end of this game. He stripped the ball out of a Michigan player who then kind of fell awkwardly on his left surgically repaired left leg from a season ago and it kind of bent his knee backwards and he was writhing in pain for a second. He did get up. He did stay in the game for a minute. Then they took him off and he was sitting on the bench. Just a, just something to keep an eye on. Uh, see if he's able to go or if, you know, he's limited or, or anything like that. Okay, the rest of today's schedule like I said, you've got St. Peter's versus Purdue. That's going on right now on CBS. You've got the four seed Providence versus Kansas. That's coming on actually right now at 7.30 p.m. on TBS. You've got North Carolina, UCLA. That's the eight versus the four. That's coming on in approximately two hours at 9.40-ish or so on CBS. And then you've got the 11 versus the 10, Iowa State, Miami at 10 p.m. Eastern on TBS. That's the schedule. That's what's slated for today. Um, last night, the biggest upset was not Gonzaga, okay? The biggest upset of the day last uh, yesterday wasn't even in the United States. It was Northern Macedonia taking on Italy in World Cup qualifiers. They not only scored this ridiculous goal in stoppage time, but they knocked Italy out of the World Cup for the second straight cycle. Italy lose possession and it's worth a crack it's just astonishing North Macedonia strike it and in time and there is bedlam in the stands at Lorenzo Barbera yeah just ridiculous goal um I, I mean I couldn't believe it myself um For the second straight, so that's eight years, no Italy. It's stunning because less than a year ago, Italy just won the Euros. Wow. Just wow. All right, let's talk a little Eric Adams, this lovely new New York City mayor. Yesterday, he decided for just, I don't know, some reason, oh, wait, maybe because uh, baseball is about to start and this is going to affect the Yankees and the Mets, not just Kyrie Irving now. He announced an exemption to the city's vaccine mandate for pro athletes and performers. We're going to follow the science. We're going to follow the science. The science hasn't changed in about a month. He could have made this decision a month ago, but baseball wasn't supposed to start a month ago because of the lockout. And now he's under pressure. So he announced this yesterday. Today, I signed emergency executive order 62, expanding the performance exemption to private employer mandates. This is about putting New York City-based performance on a level playing field. Day one, when I was mayor, I looked at the rule that stated hometown players had an unfair disadvantage for those who were coming to visit. And immediately, I felt we needed to look at that. But my medical professionals say, Eric, we're at a different place. We have to wait until we're at a place where we're at a low area and we can re-examine some of the mandates. We're here today. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, nothing changed his health professionals. To Please. What changed is the Yankees and the Mets are about to start their season in less than uh, three weeks. 
about two weeks and they're scrambling because because, you know, they're going to have a lot of pissed off baseball fans and owners in the Steinbrenners and, and uh, Steve Cohen, Uncle Steve Cohen. Right. So that's that's the news. Kyrie Irving is now eligible to play for the Brooklyn Nets in home games starting this Sunday. Uh, but as it's shaping up, it doesn't look like the Nets are going to be able to finagle themselves out of this play-in. At this point, I'm just hoping that the Raptors can surpass the six-seed Cavs because if the Nets do have to play the Raptors in Toronto, Kyrie Irving cannot play because he is not vaccinated. Canada does not plan to lift this exemption. Same goes for the baseball players, Yankees, Mets players, anybody else from any other teams that's unvaccinated. If they play the Blue Jays, which the Yankees do nine times in Toronto, no Aaron Judge, no Anthony Rizzo. We're speculating on Judge not being vaccinated based on his comments, uh, but Rizzo for sure. It's just, it's ridiculous. Canada is just a whole nother world up there that they're living in. Uh, so anyway, um, finally, uh, this uh, on this date in sports, March 25th, 1982, we have the Frozen Four uh, tournament starting up, right? Um, Wayne Gretzky becomes the first player to score 200 points in a season in NHL history. He'd finish with 212 points, then break his own record with 215 in the 85-86 season. Obviously, the GOAT um, in terms of hockey is Wayne Gretzky. Um, but that's going to do it, guys. Pretty much uh, wrapping things up here in about 42 minutes. I think that was pretty quick, pretty good. Got through the crux of everything I wanted to talk about. Hope I didn't miss anything. Um, oh, couple other things. David Ojabo tore his Achilles at his pro day. And the video just shows scouts and people just standing there and nobody going to his aid as he's just writhing in pain. So shame on those idiots for just standing there. One guy even just went and picked up the football and didn't even try to help him. Um... James Wiseman, second-year player, what was he, number number two, number three pick overall by the Warriors last year. He is done. They're shutting him down for the rest of the season. That's it. He did not play at all this season, and he will not play in the playoffs. The Suns did clinch um, home court throughout the playoffs. They, they, they're they going to be the one seed in the conference. So uh, there's that. Um, I think that's about it. I will send you off with sound from Duke and Coach K winning last night and heading to the Elite Eight. The Cinderella story continues. Have fun this weekend, everybody. Stay dry and enjoy your March Madness if your brackets aren't busted yet, just yet. I'll see everybody hopefully next week. Both teams, I mean, lift it all out. Texas Tech led most of the way, but will come up short. And you can cancel those early retirement plans for Coach K as the Blue Devils are headed to the regional final. Duke shoots 71% from the field in the second half. 
and did not miss a shot from the field in the last seven and a half minutes. They made their last eight field goals. The best timeout I think he's ever had that first half. To calm him down, and I'm sure he told them to relax. They got their legs, and as you noted with the finish, I mean, some big time. Hundred stepping up. And that's win number 100 for Mike wow. in NCAA tournament. Never play. be touched. Never be touched. What a milestone.